Welcome to the Unperfected Life Podcast, the place where we boast in our weakness because we're made perfect through Him. Let's get ready to get closer to God. Have you ever had something challenging happen? I mean, something that like just completely threw you for a loop. You didn't know how you were going to get through it. Well, today I want to talk about something about faith. This week's podcast is called, I Just Don't Have Enough Faith. Maybe you've actually said that. I know when something hard or challenging would come up, my husband used to always go back to that. I just don't have enough faith. But he also used to say that I had more faith than him. Like, we actually get a finite amount of faith. And he just didn't have enough. He he missed the day that God gave faith out. <laughs> he said that he just didn't have enough faith to see how something could work out. It just didn't make sense. He needed to see the proof. I used to get so upset with him. I just didn't understand why it was easy for me and hard for him. I guess it was because I kind of always thought that faith was like a muscle or um, something else that you could build that was already in you. It was just something you had to work on personally. You could make it. Like maybe like knowledge. Every time you learn, you read a book, you watch a cool video, you learn something, you add to your knowledge. I just thought the more you practice faith, the more faith you had. Makes sense, right? Well, I actually wasn't exactly right. I had part of it down. But my husband also had part of it down too. So what's faith? A few years ago, I spent the better part of a year studying Hebrews 11. If you're not familiar with it, a lot of people refer to it as the Hall of Fame of Faith or the Faith Chapter. That should give you a hint on what this whole chapter is about. Anyway, this chapter, there's a definition of faith. And that's actually where we... Uh, as you know, uh, people get our definition. Hebrews 11, 1, and this is a New King James Version, uh, says, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I think most of us can grasp this. We have faith in gravity, the air around us, the atoms within us. But is that really faith? See, We can't physically see these things, but science has proven their existence. It is now rational to believe that these things exist because we can produce man-made gravity and oxygen, and we can see the interaction of electrons with atoms, even though we can't see the atom itself. But now back to my original question, what is faith? Faith is believing and acting on that belief without any proof. Not just uh, that you cannot see it, but that there's no scientific backing to what you're believing in. That is true faith. Now let me make this clear. I know that God exists and I can see his handiwork all around us. But science tells us the what behind these things, not the who. So can I share a little secret with you guys? My husband may have been right. Okay, he was right. But don't tell him that. 
When we first were married, I did have more faith in him. A few years ago, I had more faith in him. But why was that? Where does faith come from? Faith is a gift from God. How much faith we have is a direct result of that gift. God gives to each child the level of faith that he sees fit. So the fact that I had more faith was a reality for that moment. Uh, Paul actually proves this. Paul is probably my favorite writer of all times. In Romans 12, 3, he says, For I say, through the grace that was given to me to every man who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think reasonably, as God has apportioned to each person a measure of faith. Did you catch that? God has apportioned to each person a measure of faith. And Paul doesn't stop there. He continues in Ephesians 2.8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It, it, it is a gift from God. So there you go. This is a gift from God. He gives it in a measure that he sees fit. So at that time, my husband was given a smaller amount of faith. He was given a smaller seed than me. What my husband and I didn't realize for all those years ago, though, was that my husband didn't have the knowledge to put that faith into action. He could have been dangerous with a ton of faith and no knowledge of God's word. He could have taken chances that maybe God didn't want him to. He could have possibly steered people in the wrong direction with his faith and the lack of biblical knowledge to back it up. But God had given him a seed of faith as a gift. I love that God gives us faith as a gift, not something we can produce on our own, not something we can earn. If we could create faith on our own, we could boast how faithful we are. And that isn't what God intended. He gives each of his children his spirit, and by that spirit, we are given the ability to have faith. Which brings me to my next scripture. In 1 Corinthians 12, 9, we are shown that faith is a scriptural is a spiritual gift. Those with this gifting are the ones that speak boldly. Jump on planes to travel halfway across the world to speak to tribes in Africa or quit their good jobs to build a ministry or a business that God has given them. Billy Graham had this spiritual gift. I know I said that faith is a gift and not something that you can create on your own, but you can grow this gift with God's help. This is something that my husband has learned over the years, and now sometimes he has more faith in a situation than I even do. So, how do you grow your faith? Well, start out by reading God's Word. There's a power that comes from reading and knowing God's Word. I mean, really inscribe it on your heart. That's actually what Scripture tells us to do. And to inscribe something means to not just write it, but like etch it in. It needs to make an impression. 
personally, I do this every morning. I read God's word. I really pray about it. I, I write it down. I write it in my own words. I find it helpful to have this fresh dose of God's word every morning before I start my day. I can then use it when challenges arise. It reminds me of how to react to harmful words or inconsiderate actions of others. Romans 10:17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So faith is built by hearing, but the only way we can truly hear is hearing God's word. So next, pray continuously, like all the time. Praying is a conversation with God. It is the, one of the only ways to hear his voice and really learn how to hear his voice. You can have more faith by hearing and feeling his prompting, but you have to know his voice in order to do that. 1 Thessalonians uh, 5, 6, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for all this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. God's will for your life is for you to connect with him. He wants you to have a relationship. Praying without ceasing, having that constant conversation with God is the best way to stay within God's will. Next, ask God for help. This one goes hand in hand with the, the uh, part I just talked about, praying. You might think that this is uh, kind of like cheating, but asking God for help to grow your faith is completely allowed. He wants us to ask him for help in every area of our life, especially our faith. James 1.5 tells us, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without approach, and it will be given to him. Spiritual wisdom goes hand in hand with faith. Because our spiritual wisdom backs our faith. It helps us grow our faith. We also see examples of this in the Bible over and over again. Luke 17.5 says, The apostle said to the Lord, Increase our faith. They cried out to him. They didn't just say, hey, God, if you get around to it, can you help us a little bit? No, they proclaimed it. Increase our faith. Mark 9.24 says, immediately the father of the sick child, uh, the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. He was talking about the fact that he was wavering in his faith. He was wavering in his belief. And he asked Jesus that he wants to believe. And he wants Jesus to help him in his doubt. And the last one, which eh, it's not really a step, but it's still important. And well, this is called the Unperfected Life Podcast. You've got to know you don't have to be perfect. If you think that you have to be perfect to have faith or you need to have perfect faith, you'll never grow it. You will simply give up because, well, you've set an unobtainable bar. And God never said you had to be perfect or that you couldn't have moments of doubt. He knows us and our brains. 
we have been, uh, we have, we have not been perfect since sin entered the, the picture. With that being said, we need to strive for perfection, meaning the one who is perfection, Jesus Christ. We need to strive to walk closely with him each and every day and learn how he handles the situations. God wants us to be perfect, but through Jesus, not perfect without him. You may be thinking, well, there was a lot of perfect people that Jesus used. I don't think Jesus uses unperfect people. You'd be wrong. Here's some examples, a very short list of examples of the imperfected in, in the Bible. And they're all people that Jesus used. John the Baptist, yeah, John the Baptist. He questioned Jesus' true identity. Peter, the guy that Jesus built his church on, he denied Jesus and doubted his power. Moses, he questioned God's ability to use him uh, more than once. Abraham and Sarah, they questioned God's ability to give them a child and took it into their own hands and kind of messed it up. Elijah, he doubted God's ability to save him from his wife. Thomas, there's a reason why we say doubting Thomas. Gideon, questioned the, God's ability to use the weakest man of the weakest tribe. David, he wavered on his faith multiple times. Jonah, remember the big fish? See what I mean? I could go on and on. The Bible is full of imperfect people that God used through their faith, however small. They did amazing, abundantly crazy things. And God can and will use you if you just give him the small amount of faith you have. That is what God is doing through my husband. I've watched his faith blossom from a small seed to a large oak, and I cannot wait to see what else God accomplishes through him. So that brings us to this week's challenge. Of course, it's all about growing your faith. During the next week, your challenge is to share your faith with one other person. That's it. One other person. A seed needs to grow slowly. This could be your best friend, your neighbor, or the guy behind you in line at the coffee shop. This could be simply saying, God bless you, or praying, paying for the next person's order and leaving a note saying Jesus loves them. This could be walking up to someone and telling them how special they are because that's exactly how God made them. Just share your faith with someone and see how God builds you up. There's power in speaking truth and blessings to those who are bold enough to do it. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Remember, be real, be you, be imperfected. Do you know someone struggling with their faith? Share this podcast with them and let us know how we can pray for you. We want to partner with you in whatever God's doing in your life. Check out our website at unperfected.net. See you next week, guys.